Hello, everyone. Chaplain Philip with you again. Every year, Janelle and I make a much anticipated journey home to Maine. It's usually in late summer or early fall, except for last year, where we visited in December, which was not a wise plan. We got caught driving in a terrible snowstorm with slippery roads and white knuckle driving. But that's a story for another time. We were both born and raised in Maine, and spending time there helps us recharge our batteries. There's something very special about returning home. We own 11 country acres across the road from where I grew up. My mother still lives on the old homestead. My younger brother lives in the next town over. It's always wonderful to be back home with family, to receive their love and hugs, to walk the lay of the land and recount childhood memories, to be back home and renew our, our roots. These visits have become very precious to us. The journey from Arkansas to our home in Maine takes about 26 hours. We usually take three days to travel by car rather than trying to drive straight through and arrive exhausted. Now, as we travel, we stop at strategic locations trying to make the long trip as enjoyable as possible. As we get closer to Maine, there are certain rituals that Janelle and I observe that make going home even more exciting. The border of New Hampshire and Maine is marked by the Piscataqua River. To enter into Maine from New Hampshire, we take I-95 North and travel across the Piscataqua River Bridge. It is visible for several miles before you actually get to it. At the first glimpse of the bridge in the distance, and if I'm driving, and perchance Janelle is asleep, I wake her up so we can experience crossing the border into Maine together. We look for the sign on that bridge that says, Maine State Line. As we actually cross the line, <clears throat> we have our windows open on both sides of the car, and we say to each other, Welcome to Maine. Welcome home. Then we both take a deep breath and say to each other, Ah, smell that air. Clean, fresh Maine air. There's nothing like it anywhere else for us Mainers. We both have silly grins and happy expressions on our faces. We're almost home. Next, we look for the road sign that says, Welcome to Maine, the way life should be. Finally, after several more hours of driving, we arrive at our dest destination, turn into our driveway, and being home changes from a desire to a reality. And yes, in case you're wondering about us, Janelle and I are romantic, sentimental souls who enjoy being children once again on our journey back home. So why, you may ask, have I shared our going home to Maine experience with you? It's simple, really. We, you and I, are children of the King of Heaven. We have been away from his home all of our lives, and he is anxious for us to make the journey home. As we go about our lives here on earth, as we work, play, raise our children, pay the bills, deal with triumphs and tragedies, we are living in this earthly reality. It's all we know. Birth, life, death, it's a cycle. To quote a line from the film, The Lion King, we're a part of the circle of life. At present, it's the only reality with which we are familiar. But we're often reminded of just how bad this present reality really is when we're forced to look at sin and its effects on all of us. Pandemics, disease, injustice, poverty, war, tragedies, suffering, despair, aging, 
and death. Even in the best of times, how we live and where we live is not what God intended for us. He wants to take us home. He wants us to experience a greater reality. He wants us to experience his reality. As Christians, we've been introduced to the Savior, the one who can redeem us and the mess we're currently living in, offering us perfection for all of our defects as well as eternal life. That includes a home with him in heaven, as well as life on a new earth, even more glorious than this one was thousands of years ago when it was fresh from the hands of the Creator. Not only that, but we'll dwell with God in this, his reality, in a sinless state, full of joy, perfect relationships, with the limitless expanses of the universe to explore, a glorious like life like we cannot even begin to imagine. Yes, my dear friends, we're going home. I don't often refer to old hymns as praise songs so often speak to my heart, but the lyrics and the melody of the hymn, We Are Nearing Home, 642 in the SDA hymnal, is one that reflects the longing of my heart that we're going home. Let me share the first verse in the chorus with you. And I encourage you to pull up this hymn when you have opportunity, close your eyes, and visualize the message and the longing expressed in this majestic song. Just over the mountains in the promised land lies the holy city built by God's own hand. As our weary footsteps gain the mountain's crest, we can view our homeland of eternal rest. And the chorus, we're nearing home. We are nearing home. See the splendor gleaming from the domes afar. See the glory streaming through the gates ajar. There we soon will enter, never more to roam. Hear the angels sing. We are nearing home. We are nearing home. In reference to our spiritual journey going home, let me share two passages of scripture that are dear to my heart. The first one is found in Isaiah chapter 65. It's a picture of the idealized messianic kingdom promised to Israel, what life would have been like for them if they had allowed God to have complete sway over them in his promised theocracy. It is a faint glimpse also of what heaven and the new earth will be like. In verse 17 we read, See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. In verses 21 to 25, they will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they, will they build houses and others live in them or plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the works of their hands. They will not labor in vain, nor will they bear children doomed to misfortune. For they will be a people blessed by the Lord, they and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox, and dust will be the servant's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. I've always found that passage to be so encouraging and so beautiful. But in case you're wondering if life and glory is an agrarian paradise only, 
let me share with you my favorite verse on what God has in store for us. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has entered into the hearts of mankind, of humankind, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And I have a vivid imagination. So for you and I, those of us who desire to explore the universe, learn the secrets of creation, visit worlds afar, let your imagination run rampant. God is going to tell you, have at it. You cannot outthink, outimagine, or go too far while visualizing your new eternal reality. But more than anything else, being bathed in God's love and affection every day for eternity will be the very best part of life in our new home. And we are going home. I hope I've created a burning desire in your hearts to go home. To go home to our true home, our home with God, to a home with no disappointment or anything that will spoil the happiness of those who truly want to see their journey end. Janelle and I often look at each other and say, I want to go home. Maine is calling. We also look at each other and say, I want to go home. Heaven is calling. Jesus is calling. He is calling us home. Join me in saying together, I want to go home. Give a listen to that wonderful new praise song by Mercy Me, Almost Home. And as always, may God bless you today. Until next time, I'm Chaplain Philip.